Hey everybody, this is Kim Blackwell and Louis Extravaganza and this is Work, Work, the podcast. Voices for the voices that go unheard. Welcome to Work Podcast. We're talking to Sonia Marie. Yes. Healing artist. <laughs> yes. Intuitive writer. Singer songwriter. Yeah. Astrologer. <laughs> I'm just gonna say yeah. Yes. yes. This whole podcast because she feel she got me feeling yes. Got you feeling yes. Right through the door. Aww. Well, get ready. With the knock champa going <laughs> and the vibration going. I'm feeling yes. That's so a thank straight you. compliment. So thank you so much, Sonia, oh, for talking you. to us and being with us today. Thank you. So we're going to get into we were we were kind of chatting before the podcast started and we were talking about you as an intuitive, you know, and learning very early that you had these gifts, that you had this inspiration or this need in you to write. So in your bio, it says you have 55 journals, which is amazing. When did you first, when did you start writing? I'll be honest with you, it was funny, I was gonna segue earlier into the fact that although it may sound really poetic and artistic that I kept all these journals, um, is really out of survival. It was forever out of survival, you know, growing up, as you already know, um, I'll tell everybody else, um, in Yonkers, New York, you know, you feel like sometimes you're an outcast even as an artist, even as the in quotes, and I'm not saying this out of ego, the pretty black girl. Yes, pretty black on girl. On the block that always gets jumped. I can attest that she's a pretty <laughs> right, black. Right, just because you, you well, pretty. Just because like, yeah. you pretty, right. Well, she's not mother. a pretty black girl. She's a pretty black woman. <laughs> well, thank but you. starting as a girl, and and yes. we don't jump you because you, you cute. Yeah. You think you cute. you cute. And you don't have right. no sisters and brothers to defend you. You're the only child. You know what I mean? Your mom's right. a single mom. She's doing the best. She's crazy, so we're going to do it when she's at work. Look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on the way home from school <laughs> it wasn't, but it wasn't any more innocent back then it's like I'm gonna I'm a be cute while she at work and then when she gets to work be like hi mom right exactly <laughs> <laughs> so it was straight survival because I felt like an outcast I felt like I needed to um, hash out my feelings and the fact that I'm like in this space and these people are crazy like why don't they feel what I feel like why did it just don't want to hug and sing and dance and be in the whiz like me like why can't we just <laughs> turn out and just have fun and that's where the 55 journals well I started at 10 years old currently I've written through 55 of them and um it just was out of need to feel normal because I think as long as I wrote my feelings out I could talk to myself and go no you're all right you're good these journals what are you writing in these journals I mean is it an everyday journal like this is this is what happened to me today or is it more you know, obtuse, like, I'm feeling X, Y, Z today. It's all of that, to be oh, quite okay. honest with you. And I've always been that type of poet. Like, there are some poets that and write from, And I think that's what I was trying to get at, and yeah. excuse me for interrupting you. It was like, it was it more, you know, poetry or flowetry? Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay, and his okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so cute <laughs> so was it more like poetry and like you know things like that or like real life like this is the stuff that just happened to me today yeah it was straight up all of that because oh, okay. it just um felt so foreign to be me in such a natural situation if that makes any sense absolutely so you know talk about so was it that you were into music and dancing and w wanted to be in the whiz and well, absolutely. Felt, like, yeah. yeah, I was in a lot of theater productions and um, cheerleader. 
um, always performing. So if anybody knows anything about astrology, as we segue into that later, yes. I'm a Cancer with a Leo rising and a Leo moon. So yeah. I gotta be seen. Oh, oh, I'm already like sinking into my shit because I have a Cancer. <laughs> but you can clear this up for me too because there is a little bit of controversy about that because my daughter's July 22nd. So is she a Leo or is she? Because some people are like, no, she's a Leo. Or that's cancer. She's right on the cusp. No. So for the layman, so to speak, no disrespect intended, is that you would think, okay, it's a cusp situation uh -huh. or maybe because general information tells you on this day you are a cancer. However, you have to plug in her information. There are a bunch of free sites in which you can pull up people's natal charts based on the time, the date, and the place that you were born and see exactly what degree that sun sign is in. Every planet goes to 29 degrees and a particular sign and then as time goes it pops into the next sign zero degrees okay. so it depends on the time you do remember the time she came out right I sure do okay yes <laughs> okay 23 hours right uh, you're like get this wait you were in labor for 23 hours no well that's just the hospital that's just after I like no no it was a total of 43 it's 43 hours, three, crazy. Hours, three hours of pushing. I'm with you, sister. No, but I think that was preparing me because to your point, the cancer, listen, it's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. lot. It's a lot. Because you think water side, they're going to just, just going to be so, man, and already, like really so, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you said, creative. Because I got a whole lot to we say. We will get into that. But okay. I want to talk about you as a kid and being this cancer child okay. because I, I can understand that. And also me and probably, you know, and you too. Being someone who was creative and being interested in all these different things. I mean, when I was that, that other kids around me definitely were not. Right. My daughter now, it's a trip seeing her. Her favorite show is I Love Lucy. And people are like, what? <laughs> no, she gets the whole, she will be on the floor laughing. Aww. That was my favorite show. But that's, trust me, that's not going over too well in the jungle. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, for real just really right like you're interested in, i love classic movies and all this stuff and and mia too i think also you know my daughter being in this time where there's so much more available to them oh yeah i think you know with streaming and, and just yeah. where we are and you know also where we are where she goes to school and the diversity mm -hmm. she gets a lot more validation but you know you being in yonkers and having this probably sensitivity and this openness and this Absolutely. passion it isn't necessarily something that people are like yeah not at all awesome right so you go girl right so you play it out you play yeah. it out um as a cheerleader you play it out as i love that you were a cheerleader stage. oh i was the best cheerleader yes. <laughs> i did that like that political move and i took all the street cheers and brought it to the catholic school so i can become a superstar <laughs> i was like oh my god i didn't even know this existed are you kidding me like yeah this is new uh, <laughs> not really so you went to catholic school <laughs> <laughs> what was that <laughs> was it one of those <laughs> <Jelly movies? laughs> that was me <laughs> you did the, the herky i was doing all of that yeah, double herkies bringing it to you know people yes. who've never seen it before i was instantly captain in freshman year like what so you play it out you you play it out and with my leo rise with that performance i was able to put an armor around me right the lion like pushed everything back until i couldn't and when i couldn't i stay home and write 
When I couldn't, I wanted to leave. When I couldn't, I would will myself into better situations until it was time to graduate, and I went to Hampton and spent four years there, and then after graduation, came to L.A. So when you're finishing high school, and you, you went to Catholic school? Mm-hmm. Went to a Catholic high school. Yeah, and I'm sure mm-hmm. that was another thing, too. Here you come in your little Catholic uniform. Well, that's what made me the superstar. Okay, right. right? <laughs> I mean, just going home to Yonkers in your little uniform, you know. <laughs> so then you, you go to Hampton. What were you thinking that you wanted to do with your life at that point? Did you know what you, what did you major in in college? Well, my mom's a nurse, and I first went, in the first semester, I was pre-med until I had to take botany and was bored out of my fucking mind. Like, I'm not walking around studying plants. I love plants, but really, do we have to get to the mitochondria of all of these damn Believes I'm cool. So I dropped that as a major and went into theater. And my emphasis in theater was lighting design, which I fell in love with. Partly because I had this white dude who was my um, point person. He used to stay high, and so did I. So he could give me my assignment to rig my lights. <laughs> He'd be in the back getting high, and I'd be rigging my lights. So it was like so perfect. It was an individual kind of thing. I had to mess with anybody, you know. That's awesome. That was inside information anyway. <laughs> Shout out to That's Mr. Awesome. Otto. Well, I mean, it was Hampton College. I don't think anybody's surprised. Hampton University. Hampton Thank University. You. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's what I majored in that's what I graduated with a BA in theater and speech communication awesome. I had no idea what I was going to do with it though because I really didn't want to do lighting as a um, a career it was just always just something to do because it was way too much competition to act and stuff like that at the time and I just wanted my own lane right just wanted so my own lane so you get to Los Angeles mm-hmm. and then what happens because I see uh, some plaques up here from you know the <laughs> Grammy Association I see records up here what's going on <laughs> well spill us in some so silly <laughs> so spill that tea boo. I, I came to LA honestly still didn't have any idea what I wanted to do because as I expressed in many of my journals I just wanted to leave right you know I just wanted to get out because I knew it was a, another tribe and family that would accept me for who I was got here and got into a whole lot of production like television and film production PA and and all that stuff grunt work right but as I was doing that is around about the time that Kim and I met um, I was allowing my poetry to speak for me and I combined it with performance and um, around the early 90s early to mid 90s um, slam poetry came back in a really gentle educated uh, community kind of way it turned into something else in which I backed out real quick about because I, I'm not into competition, so to speak. But at first, when it came back around in the 90s, it felt like a family. It felt like, oh, we're going to help each other, build each other to be better lyricists, to be better rappers, poets, novelists, whatever the case may be. Right. So I fell into that scene in Lamert Park. And um, around about that time, I ran into O.G. Pierce, who produced This Is How We Do It. Remember that song? Of mm-hmm. course. Monta um, Williams. He passed away, you know. Yep. No. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He sure did. It broke my heart. Um, and young too. Real young. He was moving to Atlanta and pulled over. His heart was chest was bothering him. Pulled over alongside of the road and had a heart attack. Oh wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I love him to death though. Hi, OG. Um, he was like, "Yo, your voice is dope." 
we should put like some of your poetry on some of my beats. I was like, you think so? He's like, yeah, we did like three songs. And that's when Kim, Kim Hill came in and she sang the hook on a couple of the songs. And literally, I will not kid you. I'm driving around in my little beat up Honda with the cassette listening to it over and over and over. Like almost like the sky opened up like, yo, you can do this. I'm not lying. Within six months, I was signed to LaFace Records. Yes. I had a, a spot on the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack, and I had a publishing deal with EMI at 24 years old. It was unheard of, but it was almost like they directed me. My angels and my guys was like, yo, we're putting you on this road. Go do it. And I'm like, for real? Like, I know I've been writing, but I haven't been preparing for this, nor did I wish for it or dream of it. So let's go. Right. But in my naivete, you know, you kind of fall out of it. You don't know what to do with the money. You don't know what to do with the the opportunities that are in your hands. Family just wants a little piece of it. And yeah, they just want to brag. Your hand did just all this at 24. I mean, at 24. And a, I didn't have baby. a lot of money. Right. It was a whole lot more than what my family had. But at the same time, it wasn't really no real money. You know what I mean? But you get thrown into this arena. Yep. In which you just got to roll with it. Never put out an album under LaFace Records. Um, but I got that wonderful Wait and Exhale opportunity, which has now, turned out why, to be a bomb. Why is soundtrack. that? Why didn't you put out an album with LaFace? Um, they dropped me before uh, I had a chance to. So when I got signed, and this is like mid-90s And now, how did right? that come about? How did you end up getting signed with LaFace? Oh, there was this woman named Aja Kimura who took, uh, that OG knew. Okay. And OG introduced me to Aja. And Aja was like, yeah, I'm going to make you like my project or whatever. And she signed me to LaFace West, which Babyface opened up as a West Coast LaFace. Okay. Which put out myself, uh, Donnell Jones, Didi O'Neal, and one or two other people that I can't think of right now. That dissolved really quickly because okay. Babyface is not the best business guy, right? And they're based out, is LaFace... Based, based in Atlanta, out Atlanta okay, yeah. So they try to kick it off here, but I don't think he could keep it up. Right. You know what I mean? He's an artist. He's a straight artist. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so in any case, um, that dissolved. And then I straight went to monk mode. Like I had no money. I became spiritual, gotten deeply into astrology. My ego was shot the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Like, nobody wants to talk to me anymore. Wow. So what did I do? I went back to performance. I put a little band together, and I gigged for like four or five years straight. And I have to say, I am a really good performer. I would just set the stage on fire and put I everything out. And I had no like desire to ever get signed again. Really? Hmm. No, yeah. not really. Because you're you're just in this corporate machine, really, right? Yeah, and, and I didn't like right, it. Right. <clears throat> in retrospect, I was just like, this is weird. I probably could do something with it, but I'm going to have to sacrifice. Like, I'm going to have to change Sonia. And I'm not willing to do that. Like, I wasn't looking for it, so it fell right in my lap, and I didn't really know how to mess with it, so I utilized it while I could. But then I realized in the midst of it, like, you really are an artist, so let's work at that. Right. But then as I'm working at that and trying to go towards that, the business part of it fell. I didn't, like, strengthen that end of it all. And then you're 24 with an ego, with a big booty, and everybody's like, hey, and you're hey. like, hey. You know? Right. No real good combination. But then that, <laughs> yeah, then that left. So it's like, okay, Sonia, now what you going to do? Now what you going to do? You have to be the artist that you are. And I love gigging. I, I totally miss it, to be truthful with you. So was it 
more was it LA based you were gigging at places here or were you, was it all over were you doing um, it was shows all, everywhere it was mainly LA but you know I, w- I would have opportunities to go out of the country every now and again Atlanta every now and again different uh, Denver Colorado like different spot dates here and there but nothing like too extravagant however I did put two albums out on my own you know effort um they're on youtube and itunes and all and it was just me going along with what it is i thought i was supposed to do and having um producers respond so they weren't really mastered or anything but they're available but they turn out to be some really cool songs you know what i mean because we're talking about the 90s right like mm-hmm. the mid 90s there was such a great live music scene here in la it and was. artists and you mentioned kim hill it was and just um souls of john black mm-hmm. and all these local folks that were really making some and if i could be real truthful though waiting to exhale was a great shoe-in like if folks find out that oh you was attached to this project then you must have some kind of quality so even though i didn't have the footwork or the experience (laughs) the name alone got me in the door and i may have got one or two tracks out of it but then they wasn't fucking with me after that because i'm not a singer you right. can only go but so far in a mu- in the music industry and with them thinking like how are we going to make billions off of you right if you don't sing in right. that moment in time right. right you're just a poet no i'm not just a poet i'm a poet that's about to rock and you know revitalize and be a rebel in this mug they wasn't trying to hear that la said to me one day i, I ran up on my other party i said yo la why'd y'all drop me like on some yonka shit <laughs> he was like Sonia the last thing we want is another TLC I said really wow yeah because I'm honest and, and a lot of my songs was based on my journals right if right. I'm gonna write songs I'm gonna write poems I'm gonna talk about what I'm feeling right I'm not say it talk about candy canes and shit and I, I don't have no candy canes I have no money as a matter of fact <laughs> right. you give me an advance now I gotta work at the supermarket right. come on let's really talk you know what I mean? Yes. But it's it's the industry. It's not personal. It's oh, really absolutely. not personal. And I don't harbor any ill will towards anybody. But it is the makeup of the industry. Because they don't realize that we still have to live. Give me an advance of 30000 Anybody, $30,000, that's supposed to last for how long? Exactly. A year and a half? Come on, y'all. So anyway... And they, awesome. and they also want to put you in this box, you know, in this yeah. box. It's like, okay, so you're not a singer. Are you a rapper? Right. Actually, no. Mm-hmm. You're like, no. And it's like, oh, okay, well, if you're not a singer and you're not a rapper, what do you do? I do poetry to music. Right. Oh, well, that sounds like a rap. You know, that sounds like a rapper to me. It's like, no, that's no. not. No, I'm not a rapper. Right. And then within that, there's all these categories. Well, I don't want we categorize. Is it soul music? Is it, is it Michelle age Nego music? Cello? Is it right? right. It is all it, has to be, you yeah. know, attached to something that's gone before. And that's because they're not artists, right? And that's exactly. because they have to market it. And we understand that it's a program and an outline and a plan that has to go along with it. Right. You can't box artists. You exactly. can't. Mm-hmm. That's the moral of the story, and it continues to be. Absolutely. And so you said you start to get spiritual around this time. And I what did. does that mean? Is that you meditate? How you're going in? You're <laughs> you're going in. To you the got wild, the What you doing, girl? That's for real. For real. How I went down. So I was in Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta for a year because I said, you know, let me be closer to L.A. Got there, hated it. I'm sorry. You went there straight from New- you went from New York to Atlanta first. No, I went from New York to L.A. Got the deal here, stayed here for about four years or whatever. Got the deal, then moved to Atlanta because okay. I thought it'd be better. Right, right. Since the hub was there, but I left the person that was my right hand, Aja. 
Okay. And she said, don't go, because they don't get you. I was like, ah, forget you. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm telling you, Marie, I got $30,000. That's that Leo. Right? That's that Leo That's talking. that Leo. Yeah. That's that Leo. <laughs> that straight ego, like, you don't know what you're talking about. I got this, boo. Oh, yeah. Watch I'll see this. you later. At 24. <laughs> right. So I ended up moving to Atlanta. I hated it. Um, got dropped. Came back. And I met this guy named Akadama. He's like an angel. Like, he moved me into his place. Strictly platonic. He's my brother to this day. Wow. Right? Um, I slept in his bed. He slept on the floor. He gave me half his dresser drawer. Like, honestly, he came in and, like, turned my whole life around. We did a lot of Native American sweats. Um, we did. We, we, we hung out. We meditated. We fasted. Like, he came in and turned it around. Ended up living with him for about eight years until um, I had Kamal. With, wow. uh, with Neil okay. but in any case it was a moment to go in to see exactly what I need to do and that's when I got the band together I was like yeah I need to gig hmm. and so how does astrology come in has it been something you always yep Absolutely. Right. Okay. So go back into the to the moments where uh back in the seventies, you remember the Star Scroll vending mach machines? Mm -hmm. Do you really? Like going in the shop right and Pathmark and then they have this little you remember that Kim? No. It was on the West Coast? I don't think so. They're like little vending machines, not as big as this water, um, whatever you call that, dispenser. And they were little scrolls. Okay. So every month you had a scroll for each sign um, that would come Why through for like 50 cents. You drop oh 50 cents in there. Oh my God, I do remember those. They were the tight, like, and they were different colors, right? Mm -hmm. Weren't they all? Yes. Okay. Every sign had a different color. Yep. <gasps> just back in my years. Did I, I age can't, us real quick? <laughs> no, really, it's still around. I just saw one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you lied. <laughs> Ain't that old bitch? Thought. They still here. Everybody go out and find one. <laughs> Get that scroll. Get that scroll. <laughs> that shit was like life to me because my mom and I bonded over that. So it's always been a hobby, right? Okay. But when I tapped in... When I went in, monk-like with Akadama, I saw a bigger uh, meaning and purpose behind it, knowing the information and the knowledge that I knew about astrology. Like, I could help. Like, I can assist. Like, I can open up and I can hear. So what I started to do was diving into astrology more, but more so paying attention to people's ancestors and their guides as I read people's astrology charts. And I was like, okay, this is scary. Because I could see your grandmother standing beside you. And she's like, yeah, she is a Virgo. And she need to be doing X, Y, and Z and ABC. And it's wow. like, ooh, okay. Do you really want to hear this? So I started talking to people in that way. And eventually started charging people. And eventually started writing for Essence Magazine. Well, <laughs> yes, we're going to get to that. But mm -hmm. just so you said you started with people's charts. Was the, were there? Did you literally like go to the library and you started snatching books? Or was somebody... Did you have a mentor? Yeah. This is something you just found that you... So with the hunger always being there, and that's a yeah. great question, with the hunger always being there, you would seek people out, right? Right. Um, or they sought you out. And Neil's mom was a big mentor in my life. Okay. My ex-husband's mother. Um, she was and still is an astrologer, and she just kind of took me under her wing and started giving me more and more information about it, and I would just listen and just soak it all up on top of reading other books and stuff to make it more viable, understandable to myself and to other people. Right. Mm -hmm. So you start reading just family and friends like how does it yeah. evolve into yeah something yeah you smoke a joint or two and you right. sit there and giggle and you're like remember when you oh yeah the you know you just play it out right <laughs> at first it's fun and recreational and then after a while people are crying laid yeah. out on the floor and you're like god damn i thought we was having fun 
Oh my God, I can't with you right now. <laughs> Because I'm telling the truth. I was right. so glad you brought up the 70s, though, because it's interesting. I think we're we're at this time again where it's having sort of a resurgence. People are interested in kind of these old traditions and ancient, you know, things other than organized religion. Right. Tarot, whether it's tarot or astrology or um, even witchcraft. You know, you have people like the Hood Witch. It's very Mm-hmm. she's got this huge following on Instagram and people burning sage and doing all this stuff. But I remember a time we are definitely going to age ourselves, but in the seventies, remember how astrology was like, cool. It was sexy. I don't remember it was any real of sexy. that. I remember the black light posters with the, my dad had the black light posters with the, um, Hell yeah. with the, the sexual positions posters. of all, oh, the, yeah, all the astrological signs. Oh I mean, goodness. sexy ladies in the big afro. Oh, yes. yes. And the perky titties, like for real? And, yes, all that. <laughs> she's a Leo. Yeah. Oh, she's a Virgo. But oh, my you had goodness. Larry, talk, you know what I'm talking about? So he's floating on. Larry. Yeah. Right. First choice. All of it. Because no man in the world can let can go, go of this Aquarius. I hope Absolute. y'all following what we're talking about. Because it's some real, real, real stuff here. I think it was, you know, everybody knew what their son, at least the sun sign you knew was. Mm-hmm. Like, what's right. of you? It just became this real common thing. Mm-hmm. And now I think you're seeing that a lot now. Maybe with social media, it's just more visible. Um, but people are definitely tapping. Have you felt that like in terms of your business and your reading? I know you do weekly rundowns mm-hmm. on your platforms. and Well, I have a bunch of answers to that, and I only choose two. First of all, um, I think we're at a moment in time where we are being forced to um, deal with a higher consciousness, right? Yes. And that's no accident, nor is it planned. And I think it has to do with everything that preceded us. Like when you when you live in lack, when you live in um, lies, when you live in um, thievery and all kinds of deception, after a while it gives way to the truth, right? Like since 2016? Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> and then astrologically speaking, here's the other part to that answer, is that Pluto is in the um, sign of Capricorn right now. And so is Saturn in Capricorn. Capricorn has to do with patriarchal structures, old white supremacists, mm. traditions. You dig what I'm saying? Yep. Mm. When Pluto is in that sign, Pluto destroys it. Pluto says, no more, we're going to create something different. I'm going to knock down all your power structures. Saturn in that sign says, and I'm going to bring up your fear. And I'm going to show you what it is that you've been doing and how you've been hurting people. So it's double time right now of all of those structures fall, uh, falling that we have no, like we have no control over. It's leaving and making way for consciousness not only to rise but to get paid for it, right? Not only to get paid for it, but but to acknowledge and to lead the next generations in. I really hope so. I I believe that <laughs> in my heart of hearts. You know yeah. why? Because you even see it in the babies. The younger generations are not only intellectually like strong and savvy, but they're spiritually like like on some other shit. Like it's really interesting. And they need permission from us who who are available to this higher consciousness to usher them in so they don't think they're they're crazy. That's I, why you think how you think they're like in inundating them with all of this plastic to calm them down and, and shut down their empath, their the the, the 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 fact that they're empaths and the fact that they can see and the fact that they're so sensitive and how music comes over them and helps to change lives. Like they are in tune. 
They don't want them to be in tune because, again, here comes a change. Once they're in tune, your patriarchal structures die. Let's entune those youngins, y'all. No, you see it. My daughter was telling me she's having this whole philosophical conversation with her friend Andrea about evolution. Thank you. I'm like, what? And she's like, well, do you think, though, that God, I mean, it kind of doesn't make sense that, you know, how would all the animals have fit on the art? And Andrea's like, well, yeah, okay, I can see. I mean, they're eight. Because they're coming in and they want to know. Yeah. And then they look at us like, y'all scared? Y'all can't help us? Right. At least go try to find the answer? You want to shut down and stay in your fear and do the same thing day in and day out and not live your dream and not be higher and vibrate higher? Like, why? Right. Y'all crazy. Yeah. I'm emancipating you. It, it, hello. I'm saying. I mean, you do feel that. like the, And I think the pendulum is definitely swinging. Swing. The other way. Yeah. Well, I really really hope so <laughs> you don't look too like positive and hopeful though he's an Aries oh. <laughs> the baby I guess it's because you know we see the opposite well no 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 the opposite just gets pushed forward yeah more often yeah that you're like oh man are we ever gonna get out of this crazy vibration right now we have to we have to I mean, it's 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 life. It's cycles. It's transits. It's change. Like there's no way to stay stuck into one thing. There's just no way. Right. That's not that's not nature. Exactly. No, it's not nature. And speaking mm-hmm. of crazy, no. we're in Gemini season right now. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we are. How do you know we're in Gemini season? I'd stay up on things a little bit. You do. You know, as my rising sign is Gemini. Okay. So I'm very in touch with crazy. <laughs> I wasn't I love gonna it. say. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm telling. It has felt a little like this last week. Correct me if I'm wrong. Stuff has been a little janky. Instagram going crazy. Like I couldn't yeah. post things. You oh, know, really? just yeah. Oh, my Instagram is bananas. I haven't <laughs> been able to post my my weekly rundown in two yeah. weeks. Like agitating. Jim and I trying to fuck with us. Well, I, I think it's, it's bigger than that, too. I think, you know, there's, um, again, I may sound redundant, but I think because the, of the vibrational shift, a lot of technology is being tweaked out. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. It does to me. Like we feel dizzy sometimes or, you know, like our, our brains are spinning so much where sometimes our vision may get black or just white real like quickly. And then you go, what the heck was that? Like whenever we are vibrating higher or going through dimensional changes, it's literally like we're floating through the shift. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So things start to tweak out. Things like technology tweaks out because technology is infantile compared to where we're going. Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. And compares compared to spirit and right. consciousness, higher consciousness. Yeah, and it's almost like when you go through that dark night of the soul, just on a personal level, mm-hmm. before something, and you know, you've pro- all of us have felt this before mm-hmm. you're going through some shift to some, you know, a, another step in your evolution. A lot of times, it feels just very like you're drained or you're exhausted or you feel like. Oh, there's just this, you know, heaviness. Yeah. And then you push through to like this. And you snap out of it. Yeah. And you're like, damn, how'd I get here? Yeah. And it's like not snapped out of even you've gone two steps. It's like your eyes have been opened yep. so much more. Like you've yep. just gone through these big evolutionary leaps, you right. know. Right. 
So you are the astrologer for Essence. I am the astrologer for Essence. How did um, that come about? Columnist. So, um, a childhood friend of mine used to work for Essence, and I hit her up on Facebook, good old social media and, and the positive ways in which we can use it. And um, she ignored me at first. And I was like, well, God damn. You know? Mm-mm. Yeah. What so I do to her? <laughs> trying to think back. Wait. I do nothing to her. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did I take a boyfriend? Like, what happened? Right? I'm like, wait, what? I ain't doing nothing to her. But she explained, though, and when she finally got in contact with me after the second time I reached out to her. And I was like, get over yourself, Sonia. Just keep reaching out. Right. And um, she said, you know, I had to wait. Because um, Essence and a lot of different publications, you know, they shut it down and they, they're very secretive about what they do. Okay. So she said, I had to wait for the right opportunity to introduce you to one person. And had they had an astrologer at that point? Was there somebody oh, yeah. else on stage? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But they were ready for the change. Okay. She was She was waiting for the moment in which everybody said, let's change. Right. I send them a sample. lady hit me back and rest is history. And it's been five years. Wow. It's been five years already? Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. I love the spin you put it like, you know, I do. I subscribe to Essence. I read my little column. I read my little, you know, astrology for the month. And I love the spin. You put the little flavor you have to it. Thank you. So when you're doing the column and when you're you're doing each sign, how do you do that? Do you just sit with it and do you look at charts? Like, how does it what's your process? Um, First, I pray. Secondly, um, like every other astrologer that writes for every other column, it's very, very difficult to predict something so general for specific people right so what Hmm. astrologers do is um look at each sign from the rising perspective that's why i always tell people to read your sun sign as well as your rising sign right because astrologers write it from the rising perspective oh interesting you know your rising sign lewis i don't (gasps) we're gonna have to look that up before you leave yes (gasps) oh i know Mm. do i want to know yeah why not you no already idea. know your sun sign. You might as well know your rising sign. So what does that mean when you say we base it off the, ri- the rising sign? Okay, so technically your rising sign, your personal rising sign is what you put out. I like to say it's the clothes that you put on. Oh, right? okay. Opposed to your sun sign is you naked. So you're comfortable being an Aries, but when you come into somebody's house or you're in a situation which you're not familiar with, you're going to lead with your rise, right? (gasps) Oh, no. (laughs) That's what it means when you show up in interpretation. But however, technically speaking, I should have said, technically speaking, wherever you're born, the constellation, when you're born, the constellation that's on the horizon, the east horizon of the sky is your rising sign. And it changes every two hours. So Manhattan is my rising. Well, well you have to know, no, no, based on yeah. the time you were born, right? It's based it's, on the time you were born. So if you're born in New York, New York is right yeah. here, right? It's eight o'clock, and here comes Cancer on the horizon, the constellation, right? Two hours later, it's moving. It's gonna be Leo right behind it. Two hours later, it's moving. You're at 12 o'clock, it's Virgo right behind it. Right. You get what I'm saying? Because the universe keeps moving. Right. Around the earth like that. Oh, that's fascinating the, the way she just, she mm-hmm. just demonstrated it via, you know, through her actions. And I know you guys can't see it, but it was fascinating to see. <laughs> she described it well, too, verbally. Yeah, she did. Thank well, did of course. I? Yeah. But, okay. you know, since I'm a visual guy, you know. Exactly. What I just saw made sense, you know, made sense to me and. It's just constantly moving, and we have to know that we're moving right now. Like, the whole universe is moving within itself. Right, of course. So, as far as writing the interpretation of the column, 
if you base it off of the rise, that's almost like, that's a great analogy, spirit. It's almost like looking through the funnel. So you look through the small end of the funnel to get to the big end of the funnel. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. To cast a bigger shadow or to cast a bigger view. But you start from this perspective, that right. rising perspective. That was okay. good. So <laughs> what do you say to people who say, ah, it's just, a it's, there's no science to it. It's just, you look at it and people always say whatever the sign, you know, sign is that could apply to anybody it's not real. I say more power to you because at the end of the day, um, everybody has a tool to make them better or keep them sane. And if astrology is not your tool, it's all good. Right. I bet you eating oranges and mushrooms every day is your tool. Like the point is, is like it's gonna be something. <laughs> yeah. It's right. gonna be Jesus. It's gonna be tarot cards. It's gonna be astrology. It's gonna be something. So whatever you believe in that gives you power, it's cool with me. Right. I'm not here to like debate. Right. No right. fight you on some shit. Exactly. Right. That's not Convert my perspective. You, you don't want to. It's all it, good it's with me. Cool. And so for people who do want to use it as a tool, how? Just the say the layperson, anybody who is interested or may not know about astrology, what's a good starting point in how to incorporate it into something in your life into your life that you can use? Well, I like to say this too before I answer that question is that in my opinion, in my experience, if we all utilize astrology as the tool that it is meant to be, meaning the personality type that you decide to take on coming in this incarnation, it'll better serve you. Everybody has a soul. Everybody has a spirit, which is unique in its own. Right. But astrology is just a personality type to administer the destiny of that soul. So if we're all supposed to be nurses, we're all going to be nurses in three different, four different types of way, right. ways. You dig? Right. Like a Cancer, like an Aquarius, like an Aries. I'm sorry, I don't know his sign. You know what I mean? But it's like, Crazy. so it comes through like a filter through different ways. Right. So how would you go about studying? And I mean, just dive into it. Just yeah. start listening to people talk about it, pulling up charts, get um, books. My one and only, like she's one of my favorite, favorite authors is Jan Spiller. She passed away last year. And reason being is because she always looked at astrology from a spiritual perspective. Linda Goodman is cool, too, but she's wordy as fuck. Yeah. Like and she does the love, love, love signs. Yeah. And it's she cool. has that book. It's so cool. Can I curse after saying yeah, 10 absolutely. curses? I didn't even ask. Um, <laughs> yeah, good. I'm good. Like, I care. <laughs> I was like, I was really, like really, really good at this point. It's been how many minutes? <laughs> It's you good girl. See that fuck. polite, not polite yeah. way of writing. Nah, Express yourself. <laughs> so she's dope though. Um, I love Linda Goodman, but um, Jan Spiller is like cool because she comes again from that left, from that okay. consciousness perspective, in which right. I adapted to early on. And then you do readings. I do. You yeah. Do, yeah. And what is a reading? So when you're doing a, it's an astrological reading. Are you doing someone's chart? So it's broken up into three parts okay. um, through 90 minutes, right? Wow. Um, the first part of it, yeah, I could probably shorten it because a lot of information comes through the first 20 minutes. But the first 30 minutes or so, um, I connect with people ans people's ancestors and their guides, okay. right? They show up and by name, by position, who they are in their lives, information that they want to tell them or not. Or just let them know, you know, Uncle Bob is here. Okay, hey, how you doing? They stay. And then we go into the second part. And then the second part is we read the natal chart based on the time and place and date of birth. But while doing that, they are still telling me where to go. I'm the type of astrologer where I don't print out charts. 
because there's tons of charts that you can print out. Okay. And from a technical, um, really analytical perspective, you can go into the mathematics and the science of astrology. I don't treat it like that. I treat it more from an intuitive standpoint. So I open up your chart straight away. I've never seen it before. And I allow them to tell me where to go and what needs to be highlighted at this time to better serve them with what it is that they're going through. Right. Um, and then lastly, we flip tarot cards, Oshu Zen tarot cards. And they're usually all kind of saying the same things. Sometimes they say different things, but it gives a roundabout perspective. Like if you didn't get it through the chart and through them talking and saying Uncle Bob is here and he says you need to stop playing. Right. Um, you'll get it in them cards. Them cards about to tell you. They're about to tell you. The real. By the time you end it, you're <laughs> like, OK, I think I got it. All right. Then leave. Look. <laughs> so I I love doing it. It's it's um a lot of energy. Um it's challenging sometimes because you know, I think sometimes people have expectations, right? They want you to fortune tell. They want you they expect you to give them what they think that that you're supposed to give them. Right. Am I uh, going to get married next year? Am I going to get married? Right. How much money am I going to make? Blah, 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 blah. Um, isn't this person an asshole? I need to get them out of my life. And I'm like, I'm always the person that goes, so what did you do? Oh. You yeah. put them right back okay. on their right. side of the street. All the time. I'm from Yonkers, so let's talk about it. What's your, what's your part in it all? Because I'm not going to sit here and waste time with you, nor do I want you to waste your money by blaming everybody and by me just basically agreeing with you that your husband or your wife is an asshole. Like, we're not going to do that. We're not in therapy. We need to talk about what your part was in this. And I can see that in your chart. I can see that based on what they're saying. So if you're going to come to me, like, be ready to see yourself. I, I, I don't have time for anything else. No, because it's not always about what you want to hear. It's what you need to hear. It's what you need to hear. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's what we're trying to do as a collective. Because yeah. if, if, if I show you you and you show, you, you show me uh, me, then we can be better as family. We can be better as a community. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We can stop playing and call each other out on our things. And some things we may not be willing to change. But you know what? You know that. So if you know that I'm not willing to change the fact that I'm an Aquarius and I'm rebellious, if you know that I'm not willing to change the fact that I am a self-centered Aries sometimes and I want my way, then you step out of my way when I become that. You don't have you have the right to believe what you want to you have the right to deal with me however I am. That's right. That's the real, right? Yeah, because nothing can change or you can't really deal with anything until the truth is in front of you. And you can't make and people you can make change. The choice. Right, you can make right. a choice about what to do with change. it, you but you gotta to say, know it. Right, yeah. you have to say, I'm not, okay, I'm gonna change. I'm, I'm gonna include you a little bit more. But that's your choice. That's not my choice to sit there and badger you about it. Get out my life if you don't like who I am. That's real. I stand by that. That's really real. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question about, we're speaking a lot about astrology, obviously. We're speaking a lot about spirituality, where does that where does your astrology and your spirituality intersect that's a very good question i don't even know how to answer that because in my mind i think it's all one and the same i feel that. um as far as like especially when i'm doing readings it's all um because you said you prayed first yeah and then that obviously will open up you know the channel for you well, I never had to answer that because that, that does um, open up the channel but I think what happens more than anything as as when I'm reading somebody's chart I say to myself okay if it's coming out my mouth then spirit is telling me to say this 
if I'm if it's coming out of my mouth, spirit is telling me to say this because I surrounded us with light. I surrounded us with, you know what I mean, with this prayer. So maybe that's where it intersects. I'm not sure. I don't have a very eloquent answer for that. Because I never had to really think about that. It's kind of like you just put your shoes on, right? Right. right. That's awesome. Yeah. So word life astrology. Mm-hmm. Instagram. Is that word life astrology? I thought you were going to word life because I was going to say Lewis knows. Wordlifeastrology.com. <laughs> word up. Word life. <laughs> yes. Word life astrology, which I love that name. So if people want a reading. My website is wordlifeastrology.com. I'm on Facebook as well. Um, Son, S-O-N, Marie, M-A-R-I-E. Also, Sonia Marie's Word Life Astrology on Facebook. And then lastly, on Instagram as well at um, Word Life Sonia Marie. S-O-N-J-A-M-A-R-I-E. Yes. And she gives weekly rundowns of what's happening planetarily, you know, as what, what y'all can expect, what's retrograding and yep, yep. <laughs> all that. Mm-hmm. But before we go, I have to ask you about your Aunt Diane. Aww. So people who follow you on ins- who follow you on so the social meds and those who don't, because I think a lot of people will be able to relate to this. People who, you know, have loved ones who have dementia or been diagnosed with schizophrenia or Alzheimer's or yeah. um, can really relate to this family drama that y'all went through. I mean, um, so what did you go through? Yes. Simply put, um, my aunt does have a slight little bout of um, schizophrenia. She was just that aunt that stayed in the back room the whole time of her life, right? And she needed a little bit of freedom. And she kept telling my other aunt that she lived with that somebody was stealing her money. Nobody believed it. So she got up, got a cab, and Yonkers went to JFK and bought a one-way ticket to L.A. Had never been on a plane before. Had never left New York. Never been never been to LA that's for damn sure really nope didn't tell so nobody she she okay 57 years old I'm I'm so in now right now. <laughs> I'm so in it's crazy nobody believed her she got up went to the airport and bought a ticket and came to Los Angeles and didn't she tell said, anybody no right? she nobody. said I'm going to the store I'll be right back <gasps> I live I want to do that one day go, just disappear just, just up go. and out just up and for, go for three no weeks clothes, though right no nothing she didn't take anything she was missing for 11 days 11 days and wow. again the frustrating thing about it is for some reason okay so we're all being led right intuitively like truthfully it was I'm telling you it's a bigger story but the bottom line was is that my mother kind of got a hit like she got on JetBlue because they was looking at her books that she had kept notes um, in about all kinds of things right and JetBlue was written okay. several times. My mother said, let's look at JetBlue and see what flight she could have taken. And everybody's like, Diane ain't got no fucking flight. Like, she wouldn't get past security. Like, nah, maybe. She confirmed it the morning after they told me that she was gone, that she was on JetBlue flight, like, 1563. Wow. She was on the manifest. Wow. She checked in no bags, no nothing, but she was in L.A. Is this your mom's sister? My mom's baby sister. So obviously she knows you guys are here. Yeah, but she ain't called. But she didn't call anybody. She doesn't have a cell phone. No. That's what I'm saying. She just she literally had no cell phone. just disappears into... Off the grid. Disappeared. Can't wait, 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 wait wow. okay, so she gets to Los Angeles and what so she gets here and she starts talking to people and they said that she can go see the stars on the ground she goes oh in Hollywood the stars on the ground they go yeah take that sky sky view sky something bus yeah skyline those tourists yeah yeah, yeah. so she took the bus to Hollywood stayed on the street met Holly (laughs) 
At first, she told me there was a Holly. I said, who the fuck is Holly? (laughs) Turned out to be an angel that really kept her alive, to be truthful with you. I met Holly at the Fat Burger. Oh, my God. We hung out. We slept on the street that night, you know, ended up going to Skid Row the next day. Okay, wait a minute. How is she? She has money, obviously, on her. She had a bunch of money. She okay. had over a G, to Ooh. be honest with you. Right. So that's she, how she's eating and getting to all these different well, places. Right. And and because mentally she was a little um, um, off balance. Right. But one thing that chick was clear about was her money. <laughs> that's the whole reason why she left in the first place. Pretty much. <laughs> right. Oh, my, my God. Money. Really? And everybody oh kept denying it. Right. Wow. Like, nobody's taking your money. You're just crazy, die. And I'm like, she's right. like, No. I'm leaving. So she gets here. She goes to Hollywood. She ends up going to Skid Row. The first four or five days, I'm looking for her around here, like around the airport. This is where I live. Right. She's downtown. Oh, my God. And so you find out, because I'm Wait, following did, all this on Facebook. How did you find her? And you're following all this yeah, on Facebook? Yeah, because she said, where everybody's like, what are the updates? Uh, you know, where can we look? Oh, she's over here. And somebody said Marina Del Rey. Oh, no. She's, guess what? They found she checked. They found out she checked in. At Union um, Rescue Center on San Pedro in the middle of Skid Row for two days. And end up going to a church uh, which I'm gonna call it rescue place after that, in which I'm putting on motherfucking blast. Pastor Nate Uh-oh. runs a um, a rescue center, several of them in downtown Los Angeles, and took my aunt's money, a thousand dollars of her money, and would not give it away, give it back. Not only that, what she Wait, gave him. Wait, why would he do that? Not only that, here's the other thing: she gave him her uh, medical card from New York to hold, and he took the money off of her medical EBT card. Oh my God! Oh my yes, Pastor oh. Nate. Okay, anybody ever see him? run he's a crook so beside the fact yeah there's something in me that wishes i was like six nine big and black i could just fuck him up in the alley real quick that's what i wanted to be for just like 10 minutes i'm right. not even lying yeah because you take advantage of a mentally ill he's taking advantage woman. of plenty yeah, of people exactly. because they set him up in these rescue missions or whatever four to a room in bunk beds with bed mites and oh. mosquitoes and he's he's i'm um, charging 500 a month what for two meals a day and oh, just geez. a place to stay off the off the streets well, how did you guys end up actually finding her man it was like a movie to be honest with you so this was the i was gonna say real quick and then we can end it um so you know in trying to find anybody you have to go the right way which is through the popo and you have a detective on the case right, and right. everything is legit right but then you got backwoods situations too right <laughs> and you got people that really gonna find out the dirt <laughs> right. for your situation Right. We ended up finding out that she was there from the dirt, from the backwoods. But then the detective calls after my family came in and left. I was dropping my mother off like a cinematic tale at the goddamn um, airport. Pull up to the curb. Detective Merrill calls. I love Detective Merrill. She's the bomb. Sonia, we have good news and we have bad news. Okay, we found her. What? As my mother's about to get on a flight in Alaska. Right. What? Yes, the bad news is she doesn't want to be found. What? Because they took her money. Right. Oh, right, right, right. It's like, damn it, we back to defend my aunt. Like, because she's like, somebody took my money and I don't want nobody to know where I'm at. Oh, man. I said, she don't want to talk to me. I'm here. I'm in L.A. So she goes, let me find out. In about 20 minutes, I dropped my mother off. We cried. We hugged. We kissed. She left. About 20 minutes, the phone rings. Hello? And, And it was your aunt. Sonia. I said, what? Who's this? All New York. <laughs> right. What? It's Diane. How the fuck 
fuck you, bitch. I'm screaming on oh the phone. And I realized I kind of scared her. Right. Her, her voice kind of quivered a little bit. She's like, that's why I wouldn't want to talk to y'all. Okay. Pretty much. And I sensed it because she's a Pisces, right? Okay. So I was like, die. Everybody missed you, man. Oh, man. I'm sorry, Heine. I'm sorry. Oh. No, I literally got tears in my eyes when I saw the picture you posted of you and Diane on the beat. Like, after all this whole thing. Because you don't know. I mean, Skid Row is fucking dangerous. Oh. It's scary down there. And then I got, like, two cousins coming from New York want to, like, knock over tents. I'm like, no, oh, we can't God. do that. No. So, wait, okay, so she calls you. Does she tell you where Lewis, she's at? she was on vacation. She was at the freaking swap meet. <laughs> she was fucking on the metro. She was chilling she was with Holly. She was life. Everybody's freaking out. God damn, eating ice cream and <laughs> shit. <laughs> Going to McDonald's. Manny <laughs> Petty. Are you kidding me? Manny Petty, you know what I mean? Okay, we Key worried in. about you. You over here getting lemonade braids. <laughs> we wonder where you at. No, not lemonade. <laughs> not lemonade braids. <laughs> That's exactly what was happening. I'm looking at her like. I'm not mad at you. She came with nothing and Diana. left with a four foot duffel bag of shit. <laughs> like, swear to God. I got this Marilyn Monroe right. paperweight from Hollywood Boulevard. Wait, wait, wait. Don't, right. throw, don't throw that out. Don't throw That's that out. That's a souvenir. Holly gave that to me. That was my friend. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, we're happy. Diane is safe and sound. Oh, She's back in New York. Beyond happy. Yeah, yeah um, she is. And she. So she told you where she was and you went and yeah. you got her. Yeah. And... Well, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, Popo called. The police called because the police said. So when I spoke to Detective Murrow, um, she said, I'll tell her. And that's when Di called and um, she had the, the police's. She had my number the whole time. So this is the iffy part about it because I'm like, if you had my number, why didn't you call me? I just found it. I think a big part of her, the moral of the story, is that she wanted freedom. Yeah. And she didn't know how to go about it. And because her brain is the way that it is, it only took the first two or three steps. And then after that, she didn't know what to do. No, she's not thinking how where, she, yeah. how, where she's going to sleep or how she's yeah. going to yeah. get around. So it's like you want to be mad and you want to talk shit, but at the same time, you're like, she's not even completing her own thoughts. Yeah, she's thoughts. not able to play the tape out. Nope. Right, right. That's exactly what it was. And That's I'm, so I'm, interesting. I'm just grateful. Like, I had dreams during that whole 11 days of her missing, of her being protected in this white cocoon. So they kept showing me, like, she's good. She's good. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay, Di, you have to want to be seen, man. Yeah. Now I'm mad. Because they show me that you're good, but you're, you're creating havoc over here. Like, mm -hmm. people are upset and thousands of people are praying for you, sending prayers and thoughts. What the hell? Poor thing, because she's yeah. not aware of that. She's you know? not. She's not. But here's the thing that I'm aware of is that we got to give my aunt some freedom. Yeah. So what's the next step here? Like she has to live on her own. Like what is she going to do now? Because. And that was my question. So she goes home. This was obviously a cry for either help or, a, a you know, a wake up call for the others to say, you know, listen to me. What I'm saying is either real or not real, but I'm saying something. I need somebody to listen to me. What yeah. happens? Yeah, still a, when she gets still home. a person. Yeah, I'm grown. Yeah. What happens when she gets home? And that's the whole. That's why I have to end it. You know why? Because it, it brings up family dynamics. Right? Yeah, yeah. And um, you you can't really speak family dynamics without placing a little blame on somebody, including myself. Right. So it becomes a big of Rubik's cube. Like it's, it's no, it's stuff hard. That started generations yes. ago 
And that's why I ask you about because family, even in the best of circumstances, the, you know, all of a sudden now you have a parent who has dementia and it brings up all this stuff yeah. that everybody has to deal with, yeah. you know. But the bigger thing too, though, Kim, is that we need to put more attention on mental health issues. And I know this has been this big trendy kind of topic, but it's not any longer. Like we can't really be like embarrassed by the uncle or the aunt in the back room. You know what I mean? Just comes to the to the barbecue to get a plate and nobody talks about them. Like, right. you understand what I'm saying? Or somebody that's been like suffering for generations, I mean, for decades and you just forget about them and they die. And it's like, oh, OK, they just on welfare. Like, oh, OK. Like, no, these people have lives and they have desires, too, even though they may not complete be completely in their brain. You know, they, they have spiritual and soulful desires in which we need to find a way to get into. Yeah. And stop just medicating it and help them advocate for themselves right. and us being advocates advocates yes. for them because it, it it it's also so stigmatized as people yeah. of color. You know, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. But or I we don't to, want to go I to therapy. To, I have to say that I bet you it's every culture in some kind of oh, way. Sure. Oh, because yeah. we we only know it be, from our perspective. Right. right. But when you really look at it and peel it back. Every freaking race and creed and Absolutely. nationality feels and the, some type of embarrassment right. about what their aunt or uncle oh, yeah. or mother or father did not do that's and right. how they were not successful because they're crazy in quotes. Right. 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 You know right. what I mean? Right. right. In which we need to like shut down, man. Because I had a ball with her. I'm sure. Oh my God. Like I got so close to her in two weeks. I never got, she, she stayed here for another two and a half weeks after oh, we wow. found her. Right? Okay. And I'm just laughing at her ass. I'm like, you're funny as hell. <laughs> Going shopping at the swap me. Shout out to Diane. I'm loving TT Diane. TT Diane. All right, y'all. This was awesome. Sonia, thank you so much for having us in your home. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having us in your home. It's really, really an honor to come and to talk to you and speak to you about what you do and how you help others realize themselves, which is you know i think that's awesome it's important work soul work really soul is. work oh yes soul work. Soul work. yes work so work <laughs> <laughs> so sonia we have this thing called work of the week okay where we just shout out something that that thinks deserves us a, a snap and a work mm-hmm. so like kim what's your work of the week my work of the week is the documentary check it big shout out to hulu for pride month having all these documentaries available that are so important so check it you know they mention in paris is burning uh that a house is like a gay street gang well this is a literal gay street gang like (laughs) the real deal it's black and trans kids in uh dc who had to form a gang really to protect themselves against violence they had been beaten up stabbed they get together and it's really just exactly going back to what we were talking about Mm -hmm. about mental illness and how trauma is you know the root of so many social ills and how we perpetuate things through you know not uh breaking these generational narratives so it's awesome it's actually it's, it's not as depressing it's very uplifting at the end and shout out to the two men straight black men in the documentary one owns a gym his name is duke and I, and joe who reach out to these kids and really put you know these aren't rich philanthropists they're not social workers they're just these men who really care about these kids and try to help mm-hmm. them so check it it's streaming on hulu now what's it called again check it 
check it. Yeah, and that's the name of the game. It's called the check like it. It's called the check it. it. Oh, yeah. the check it. Yep. I am definitely gonna check it out. That's All my right. work of the week. So I was having a bland week. You know, nothing <laughs> was giving me very no work until <laughs> I hear about Auntie Diane. So my work of the week is Aww. to Auntie Diane. Auntie Diane, you better work. <laughs> You better work for getting on a plane, coming yeah. up down here by yourself, and, so, and getting your fucking life, getting your life on. <laughs> you know, going to the swap beat, getting the mani pedis, getting your souvenirs, getting your souvenirs. You better work. And I'm glad stars. that you're safe and you're back home with your family and that you have facilitated this conversation, you know, amongst your family. And I think that's awesome. So, Auntie Diane, you better work. Yes. So. <laughs> well, I was really trying to go outside of what you were saying, but there was a documentary that took me out too and was like, what, work that shit? Clarence Avon's um, documentary on Netflix. Oh, The Black see. Godfather. Oh, really? You, you know who Clarence Avon is, right? That he was like that secret weapon that managed. So his technical title was manager, but he manages the whole, he managed and still does the whole lot of entertainment when it came to black entertainers, you know? You would never know that there was one soul that was kind of keeping everybody going. Spiritually connected, financially sound, like giving good advice. Like he worked it and continues to do so and real as hell. Curse, he, Quincy Jones is his best friend, so oh, you know wow. the kind okay. of yeah. cloth he's Real. cut from. Yeah. The Black Godfather work. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. is that, that on out. Netflix right now? Yes. Okay, so we got well, some we homework. We gotta go see some uh, <laughs> The Black Godfather. It's I'm, here that. I'm here for that. Yes. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening to us. We want to thank Sonia one more time thank for being you, with us and My connecting pleasure. with us and let you know, giving us just life today. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm grateful. Thank you so much for being on our show. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Work Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And you can follow us on Instagram at Work Podcast. That's W-E-R-Q-U-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can also follow me at workdanceclass.com where I teach a monthly class to people who want to learn how to Vogue. It's a two-hour workshop. And please come and enjoy yourself and express yourself and sweat so that's workdanceclass.com and don't forget to follow us on ig work podcast and this is lewis x and kim blackwell and this is work, work the podcast <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>